0: The following is a special edition of Grape Encounters Radio. It was 10 years and 500 episodes ago that Grape Encounters Radio was born, inside a crumbling old barn far off the beaten path in California's Central Coast wine country. Host David Wilson and his team had to keep it underground. After all, they were going to present wine in a very different, a very unpretentious way. The wine snobs were not going to like this one bit. There would be protests, tar and feathers, Supreme Court challenges and more. The Grape Encounters team was going to challenge the old ways and fight to return wine to the masses without fear of guilt for not knowing how to pronounce terroir or sommelier or Gewurztraminer or Viognier. As Grape Encounter celebrates 500 shows for wine enthusiasts from every walk of life, we've learned one very valuable lesson. People were digging what we were sharing, and even the Supreme Court justices were having more fun with their wine, except one or two who like beer. Today, we're kicking off our 500th episode where it all began a decade ago. A very different kind of wine show a remarkably fresh and untainted perspective on wine, honoring family, friends, and love of the land. We bring you the 500th anniversary episode of Grape Encounters Radio, still starring David Wilson. I would have never believed that I would be
1: sitting here doing what I'm doing today 10 years ago. Because I, you know, kind of accidentally got into the radio business. It was almost like a dare from friends of mine who were in the radio business. Ended up starting Grape Encounters 10 years ago. This is episode 500. 500 episodes. I can't even believe it. And I can't believe that so many of you have listened to me for 500 hours. But the first hour of Grape Encounters that you ever heard was with a guy who, along with his family, was building an empire, an incredible winery on the central coast of California, which is where we launched the show. It's where I live today. I didn't 10 years ago. And... I was fortunate enough to get a guest who was new to the wine business. I was new to the radio business, and he really ended up shaping a lot of how I have thought about wine over the past 10 years. His name is Keith Sarlos, and the company is Sarlos & Sons. I can tell you unequivocally that they are folks who make incredible, incredible wine. They never compromise anything. You could buy a bottle of their wine, sight unseen, and it is going to be delicious because of the values that they bring to the wine business. Keith was my very first guest, and who else would I have on the 500th episode but Keith Sarlos, That's a long introduction, Keith, but you deserve a
2: much longer one. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. And I just wanted to say congratulations to you for, you know, following your passion and, and building a life around this. Congratulations. And and I'm, I'm very humbled to be a small part of your journey.
1: No, you're a big part of the journey. You know, it's, it's really funny. I was thinking about the fact that you were also my first advertiser mm-hmm. and, yeah, you, right. you know, it was a couple hundred bucks a month. And it was really kind of you guys to support us because without that, I couldn't have even done the show. But we were only at the time on, well, two radio stations and then... And it grew to three and then four and five. And, you know, now we're heard coast to coast. We have stations in 19 of the top 20 markets, if you can believe that, in America. Wow. The largest wine show in the country. And congratulations. we're still growing. And I tell you, when I sat down with you that first time... I don't know if I could have continued because I was paralyzed at the whole idea of doing this every week, but you were so welcoming and you had such just humble thoughts about wine and life and doing business. And it meant a lot to me. And I don't know how many shows you were on in those
2: early days, but it was a bunch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, Dave, when you came in, what I saw was someone who really cared about what they wanted to do and what, where they wanted to see not only themselves go, but wine in general and that is a, a similar ethos that I think we have always had because we don't come from a background of hoity-toity. We're, we're farmers, first and foremost. And the the wines we make give our farming a, a chance in immortality. And when you get to share a message like that, the way you have over the last 500 episodes, you're really a big part of changing that American wine culture. And that's, that's one of the things we set out to do. And I think you've done a great job being a banner carrier for that. Uh, I remember
1: being really terrified doing the first shows because even though we were on in a a small market, it was a market where so many of the people that were listening are people from the wine industry. And I was saying things that I thought people were going to find downright offensive, because I just hated the pretentious culture that wine had become and has been for, you know, I mean, literally hundreds of years. Sure. And, you know, you come from a a very strong family background where culture is concerned. I do as well. You know, my family, you know, is half Italian. My mom, 100% Italian. And wine was always something that was just about celebration and having having fun. And why it is that people feel so compelled to dissect it like they're in a biology class is beyond me because we we get caught up in that minutia
2: and we forget about its purpose. And yeah wine is communion. I mean, it's community, it's communion. And when you open a bottle and you share it with people you love, it, it brings you closer together. And I love the fact that you talked about the dissection because wine is a kitty. You know, you can learn a lot about a kitty from dissecting it. It's not the best way to do it. Um, <laughs> you or you can your... just in, right. Or you can just. <laughs> and have a wonderful cat that you love. And that's that's definitely the perspective we got. But Dave, I think one of the things that you did so well was if you were from the wine industry, you feel like you said you felt paralyzed, but tr- but what you did was speak truth. And truth always finds a home. And it is evident in you you creating 500 shows being coast to coast that the average wine consumer is not the person, not a snob. The average wine consumer is someone who wants to drink something that isn't a beverage that means more to them than it just being a liquid. It's something they open on their honeymoon. It's something they open when friends come over. I mean, you judge your friends by the wine you serve them. And they feel that love when you grab that glowing bottle that you've had tucked away for years and you crack it open. And you go, man, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night I share this with you. It's a great way to honor people in a liquid form that you get to consume and, and just enjoy each other. That's what wine always should be about.
1: And what's really, I think, fascinating about uh, the and Sons brand, uh, above and beyond any brand I've discovered out there, and in 10 years, believe me, I have been wow. to a lot of wineries. I have judged a lot of wines. I have tasted more wine than you can possibly imagine. There is no brand that I know that commemorates communion and family more than your brand does. You started that way. And I, I remember looking at your bottles, and, and you know, maybe you could just name a few of the the wines that you've had over the years—that are a celebration of family.
2: Oh yeah, we've had Purple Heart, which I named after my great uncle John, who died in World War II. We have father and sons, we have mom and dad. We have—we celebrate every year my grandparents' marriage. Now my my daughter, who's twelve years old at the time, since she was five, she decides when we pick our Sauvignon Blanc, and we she does, every, yeah. And we've commemorated every year of her being a part of our family. I mean. Our, our family creed is really easy. Uh, we have a wine called Honor and Prepare. And what we do is we live to honor those that have come before us and we prepare the way for those yet to come. My dad is my farmer. My cousins work with me. My children do their homework on top of a bar each and every day. And I don't know where my, our wine begins or ends and my life begins or ends. It's, it's just one thing. And that's who we've been since the beginning. Cause like you, Dave, I was paralyzed, you know, by growing grapes uh, and turning, it into wine yeah it's an exclusive club and we didn't like that you know we have always as a family wanted to be the ones that build a longer table and not a higher fence and that's something wow. that we've through wow you
1: know? build a longer table not a higher fence i mean it's a great metaphor in, well yeah in i mean yeah. if
2: you have one of the things that is always shocking to me is, is if you go to places that have walls around them and there's there's hidden gardens behind walls that's to a certain extent what wine felt like, but the people that I know that work in wine, that love wine, that are farming wine, that are making it, you know, that are putting their blood, sweat and tears, they could make a whole lot more money doing something else with their time. Absolutely. But they are the people that are the salt of the earth. And I, I rarely have met people who do the hard work and, and put their efforts into it. That want that want exclusivity, you know, the gates to ranches are open here and the fences are not locked. And the more people we share it with. And the, and what you've done over 500 episodes is carry that ethos each and every time you, you're behind a microphone saying, hey, this is a great party. Why don't you come in? Why don't you be a part of it? Here, try this. Try this. Uh, Keith,
1: uh, let's hang on for a second. We got to sure. take a quick break here. I'm talking to Keith Sarlos. I think it's safe to say he had our choice of just about anybody in the industry to include in this show. But it was about who was most important to me. And it, Keith, you've wound up exactly where I thought you would be. One of the finest winemaking families in the world. We're going to come back with Keith Sarlos on the 500th anniversary show of Grape Encounters. It all started with Keith Sarlos, and we
0: continue with Keith Sarlos. You're listening to historic episode 500 of Grape Encounters Radio with your host, David Wilson. You'll never find wine in the short subject section of your library.
1: Ten years ago, I created Grape Encounters Radio while living in breathtaking Lake Arrowhead, perched about an hour above the Southern California metropolis in the majestic San Bernardino National Forest. Lake Arrowhead is a place where wine lifestyle flourishes, imaginations run wild, and people come from around the world to discover a more peaceful and re-energizing way of life. Today I'm delighted to introduce you to Lynn B. Wilson, a bonafide leader in resort real estate sales. From charming alpine cottages to stunning estates on the shores of shimmering Lake Arrowhead, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates have been changing lives for decades. If you truly want to live on top of the world, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates can show you how. They'll even host you in luxury accommodations while you explore the limitless possibilities. Log on to LynnBWilson.com. That's LynnBWilson.com. Live the life you imagine. It seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife, Jill. John was always the smartest kid in school, and I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets, and they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E, ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the internet. Go to peakranch.com.
0: Welcome back to the 500th anniversary edition of Grape Encounters Radio. David often says, If every winemaker I've interviewed gave me just one bottle of wine to enjoy, I'd have a lot less wine. Gotcha back with the
1: 500th episode of grape encounters radio i didn't think i was gonna make it to 10 episodes i swear (laughs) i didn't think i was gonna make it to 10 but somebody who is so beloved to me and i we don't we haven't talked in a while actually and i regret that because we both have become so busy in our respective professions, but he was such an inspiration to me because he really set the tone for what I wanted to say about wine. And it's Keith Sarlos. He was my very, very, very first guest. And I will say it straight to your face, Keith, you are my very best guest always. You know, it, it seems strange to me that you and I connected the way that we did. I mean, you were literally right just starting out. Yeah, sure. And I was just starting out. And here we were, two mavericks. One making the stuff, one talking about the stuff. Well, you talk about the stuff, too. But we were so simpatico, I thought. And I still do. And your wines, just they get better and better and better. And, you know, and by the way, I stopped by your your tasting room from time to time, and you're never there. You know, I I don't know what you're doing out on a Tractor, I imagine, or something yeah, you, like that, right? Yeah. Or you got people in this uh, private room. You've got a private room. You yep. take people- I, they
2: lock me back there pretty much nonstop. I
1: know. Yeah. And, and you take them back there and you give them a lesson in your wines mm-hmm. that is going to be so different than the experience that they're going to have at another tasting room. Where Mm -hmm. it's just all about terroir and which directions the grapes are planted in and soil composition. And I know that there are people that want to get into that. And I know that you talk that talk. Sure. But but teaching people how to love wine is a completely different story. And we were talking about dissection. I love the cat (laughs) analogy. But, you know, I get in my Prius, and I don't know anything about what's under the hood. I don't know if I've lifted it. I just know I love the car. I know how to operate it, and it it gives me pleasure. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think that when we start ripping things apart, we
2: take a lot of the fun out of it. You use a great analogy with your Prius. I always talk about motorcycles, right? A motorcycle is a vehicle for fun, right? You get on the back of it, it can take you anywhere in the world, you feel the wind, you're you're a part of your environment. You know, there is right. no bubble around you. And one of the things we've always wanted to do with wine is is show you why and tell you why. And the reason that I'm locked in that back room, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is yeah, we're an estate vineyard that farms all their own grapes themselves. We don't have a farming company. We pick it ourselves, we make it ourselves, we design the labels ourselves, and then I will sit there and in that room every weekend for the last 10 years. And tell anybody who comes in And wants to talk about our wines why it's Great that's a rarity this day and age In wine you know the person whose name on the Sign is rarely in the building but Just like with you that's what we're here to do You know the wine isn't meant to sit on A shelf the wine is meant to be you know Danced to Uh, the album that you never Take off the wall and put on your Record player is a dead album You know we wanted to make things that People want to share with their friends Have a great time and be kind of that liquid Soundtrack of a great party and and... I get a chance to honor my family and prepare, you know, the way for my kids coming up with every bottle. And Dave, you are a huge part of getting us out there because, you know, no one knows us. People still don't know us. But when they come through the door, our job is to change everybody's level of appreciation for wine just a little bit. And you keep stacking those up. And one day, you know, I never have heard of someone say, I used to be into wine, because once you get in, you're in for life. (laughs) That's
1: true. Except my mother. My mother says that she doesn't like wine anymore and she goes oh how can you drink that stuff and you know she used to drink tons of wine so guess what when we go to a family affair and I bring wine and we don't pour yeah. her a glass of wine guess what <laughs> guess what guess what she says well, what about me yeah right <laughs> one of the things that I love about Sarlos and Sons is your sense of ingenuity and oh, wow. the, the idea that you there's lots to borrow from the wine industry and tradition that goes back hundreds of years there's lots to borrow yeah but you i think look at your company and wine with fresh eyes and and so many times i've seen you do events and been to many of those events where you literally have just created something that is giving your wine a voice. And I love that about what you do. What are some of the events that you've been doing lately?
2: Well, we had our Vineyard Day, which is our day we Willy Wonka and let people on our vineyard, and that sold out in six minutes. And uh, Six minutes? Oh, my God! Literally six minutes, yeah, a couple hundred quite a few hundred people and it was six minutes and uh, our waiting list was longer than the invite list or the people we let in. We go down every year to Silver Lake wine um, and uh, Everson Royce, because when just like, you know, you're talking about, we're talking today because when you came in, you said, Hey, I'm going to start this radio. And I said, great, let's do it. They were people who found us before we had a tasting room and believed in us and wanted to sell our wine in in what I think is the best wine store in the world. And they asked us to be in there. They have hundreds of people that are begging to be in there every day. And for the rest of my life, whenever they say, can you come down and do an event? The answer is yes. And every time we've come down, we've, we've shattered the record on how many people have tasted, you know, wow. like, four, like 400 people in a night. Wow. My goal is not to be big. My goal is never to sell our wines in stores or restaurants, our goal is always to grow the best possible grape we can and then honor it by giving it a name of someone we love so that when you go home and you drink it with someone you care about, it means as much to you as it does to us. And and now I just feel like the I got to be the Walt Disney, you know, of of something that is so wow. Amazing.
1: Keith Sarlos, the Walt Disney <laughs> of wine and how fortuitous to be talking on a Mickey Mouse wine show. <laughs> <laughs> The
2: Magic Kingdom, right, man.
1: Keith, uh, we got one minute left. I wish we sure. could talk for hours. You need to be on the show much more often. Dave,
2: let me let me take this one minute and say, Dave, what what you're doing and what I think we're trying to do is is create new American wine culture. And I think that's something we've desperately needed in this in this world. Because when people think of a wine as a score, they have miss the point. When they think of wine as something that they love and they want to share with people that they love, and it becomes a part of their life, that is what new American wine culture should be. And you're a big part of it. Thanks for preaching the gospel.
1: Well, I was going to ask you what the takeaway of the last 10 years is and oh, you just great. you no, just well you just did. Okay. All right. That, All right. We got like cool.
2: like 60 seconds. What is the biggest lesson that you have learned in 10 years? I think the biggest lesson I've learned is we get to do this. We all get to get up every day. We get to find something that is our own little spark. Mine just happens to be wine. And I get to honor my family. I get to make a living. I get to meet new, exciting people like you that I've known now for 10 years. And I get to change the way people perceive wine. And we get to make it as something people fall in love with and want to pursue. If I die tomorrow and I've changed American wine culture in a small way, that's what I've set out to do.
1: Hey, Carlos! I love you, man. You are just—you're a wonderful person. Um, hey, man! You've Thanks, been, Dave. You've you're been, the best. You've been such uh, an influence on me. I, I mean, we've had so many amazing people like Mike Gergich and uh, Michael Mandavi on this show, and all kinds of wine leaders the titans, in, in Europe. Man, those guys are the Titans. And, and you know what? And they're great people. And I think that those people would really—if you haven't met them—would love to hear your philosophy on wine because it doesn't differ much from theirs. All right, I got to take a break, uh, a commercial break. We'll be back in a second with the 500th anniversary show of Grape Encounters. So much thanks to my dear, dear, dear friend, Keith Sarlos. I got to go dab my eyes now and uh, pull, pull
0: myself together for the next segment. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Dave. Ever wonder how shows like this are inspired? Coming up next, David introduces you to the radio icon who convinced him to make a Grape Encounters demo. free trade chocolate-covered walnuts. And for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. The Central Coast of California is world-renowned for exceptional wines, but it's also one of the most vibrant and alluring travel destinations in America because the wide range of things to see and do here is absolutely astonishing. From stunning beaches to breathtaking hiking trails to world-class dining, artisan craftswork, and so much more, California's Central Coast is addictive. For those visiting this magical region, there's no better place to call home base than the city of Atascadero. Atascadero is perfectly centered in the middle of everything you'll want to see and do while you're here. A true slice of Americana. The locals here are eager to welcome you, and the accommodations are plentiful, comfortable, and affordable. Atascadero is a a 365-days-a-year destination with mild winter weather and mostly sunny days, even when the rest of the country is bundled up. For more information about the warm and welcoming town of Atascadero, log on to visitatascadero.com. Discover the California Central Coast at visitatascadero.com. Welcome back to the 500th episode, 10-year anniversary of Grape Encounters Radio. David's next guest was a big name in the broadcast world. He didn't actually end up putting David on the air. But he certainly told him where to go.
1: And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. It is our 500th anniversary show. I cannot believe it. And, you know, after doing 10 years of radio, And talking to y'all in 500 episodes, I don't think I ever told you how Grape Encounters came about. And (laughs) since this is a highly intimate show today and reflecting back on the past 10 years, I thought it might be nice to get on the radio with me, somebody who was extremely influential. In fact, it's where the seed was planted to do a radio show. And uh, it was really all in fun. But i got to take you back 13 years, because 13 years ago, I lived up in Lake Arrowhead. It was New Year's Eve. It was a snowy night, and I had uh, two dear friends up there staying with me, and one of them is really somebody who is almost godlike in the radio business. He was a dear friend, and... Oh, he's laughing on the phone. Let me finish this intro, God. Um, Anyway, just godlike in the radio business. He had so much to do with the creation of the classic rock format, which I still love. Uh, He was the general manager of Arrow Radio in Los Angeles, then went on to become the head of affiliate relations worldwide for ABC, and now owns a company that puts out amazing and just very insightful information on not just radio but podcasting cable you name it he is dave van dyke and dave welcome to the show this is a first i don't know how to follow that i mean i I don't need to say anything else well (laughs) hey this isn't about you this is about me this is my 500th show you know so, but okay. but like, <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about that New Year's Eve. I know you don't. You went actually, you drove from Lake Arrowhead, California, which for those who don't know is up in the mountains and it's a, a windy little road, two lane road to get back down when it's snowing. It's pretty nasty. And you were going to the Rose Parade the next day. <laughs> you were probably, you know, hurting just a little bit from our New Year's Eve celebration. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we yes, still- and... Um- uh, we, we did make the the it was actually the rose Bowl and it was uh we did make it oh the rose Bowl uh, uh, you, oh I thought you went to the parade we've done that as well but I'm just saying on that particular okay we were going to okay we going the to the bowl the next day and you know frankly because of that that bottle of tequila <laughs> you're, I don't know anything about the, the beginning seeds of this show because that is
1: so not the, that uh, uh, that's way. not that's not true let me remind you okay we were talking about about you know radio programming because you've had so much to do with being a thought leader in radio for your whole career you started out on the air and then uh, went into management and now you're into the the real uh, technical end of the business but you and I talked a lot about just ideas for you know radio programs we were going to do a show you might recall called Dave and Dave or the two Dave's it was it was a cooking show well, yeah, but because you asked me, you know, if, if I wanted to do a, a radio show, what would it be? And I, I said, I'd like to do something that's uh, humorous about food and wine, because frankly, as uh, living beings, our food and wine consumption habits are, are really very funny. There's just a lot to laugh at. About that, and yes, I think food was probably more of the emphasis, but wine was definitely there. And for some reason, you know, I guess it got cold down in the wine cellar. We came upstairs, and you and I are both. I I I don't like the word aficionado very much, but I would say that. And you're more than I am an aficionado of tequila, and you know, and and tequila actually. There's a lot of Similarities between tequila and wine—they're, you know, very finely crafted beverages, both of them. So we were doing what any good tequila imbibers do: we were imbibing.
3: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it was New Year's Eve too. Don't forget.
1: Yeah, of course. So there was an excuse for that too. Although we should be drinking champagne, I guess.
3: To get to the point on this,
1: okay, thank you. I think the
3: thing I think the thing that uh, your audience should understand is that while the evening certainly contributed you know we always had a good sharing of information kind of a conversational right. relationship and yes. so you know i i was uh very much aware of the fact even then as it is now interestingly enough radio is you know is still widely listened to but not enough not as much as it used to be and it's because of the fact that you know people are still banking on what we call the old '80s playbook—they haven't come up with anything new—and so, what I was mentioning to you, having you know, you know, we were just talking about the situation with radio, and you were the creative one in the in the conversation. So. You're the one who thought of the idea uh, of putting putting a wine, you know, front and center and having it be entertaining and funny. And so, you know, that's that's the, the seed. I was the water.
1: OK, well, in retrospect, did you like the idea? I mean, or were you just pandering me? Uh, I
3: thought it was a great idea.
1: And it was on my mind for a long time. And, you know, just the idea that, I mean, I never have taken you as a friend for granted because I've always appreciated that you are a, you know, front and center figure in the radio business. I mean, around the country, people definitely know who you are. So I appreciated your intellect. And the fact that you were actually, you know, encouraging me to do something that was not in my wheelhouse because I wasn't in the radio business. I was in the marketing business. Although, I, you know, I had prepared myself to to be behind a microphone because I I studied speech and debate, you know, through high school and college and coached debate at Pepperdine and Malibu. And, you know, I, I didn't expect to be in the advertising business, to be honest with you. So you got me all hot and sweaty about the idea of being on the radio.
3: Well, you, have, you had an interest because of your fact that, you're, you know, that your agency bought time on the radio. You were very intram- instrumental in getting involved in at least the station I worked with. So I'm assuming you did the same thing with the other people you, you advertised with. You were very much into it. And so it wasn't until the Mexican vacation trip that we were on that I became aware of your entertainment value. <laughs>
1: I didn't think you were gonna bring that up do you still have that Polaroid you know what I'm talking uh, yeah, you know I what do. I'm talking about
3: <laughs> we, I tell your we, audience do not keep it from them No
1: okay I'll tell them we were on a uh, an incentive trip with your station in Mexico and it was a scavenger hunt by Jeeps and you and I and my girlfriend at the time and your wife and and I think maybe a couple of other people were a team together and somewhere along the way I mooned the Polaroid camera.
3: that's right and we won (laughs) that's even more remarkable right yeah but anyway it was it was that trip that uh you know emphasized your entertainment value i'm being serious that has a great deal to do obviously with the success of grape encounters
1: i hope so i mean you know i i like to make people laugh and i just and that's why i guess when i listen to certain people talk about wine i just have nothing but contempt for it because it's not, it's not what people want. You know, it's like wine is a joyous thing. It, You know, it's a, a celebratory component of being human beings. And, you know, there's wine in pretty much every single culture and it's a happy thing. And you get these people who just screw it up by, you know, making it overly technical and pounding their chest and saying, look at me. You know, I know so much more about wine than you. I'm better than you. And I, I taste better things in my glass than you do.
3: B.S., you know. But well, you know the thing that that's important to understand is, as we all know, wine goes with everything practically. You know, you know, except working with heavy equipment. But <laughs> it goes with everything. That uh, then an individual would do in, in their you know leisure life with family, friends, whatever you might be doing. We've done uh, analyses at my company about associative relationships between uh, audio entertainment and lifestyle and you're hitting a very, you're hitting all the boxes when it comes to having a high a score we call it because you're a, you're associative value with the content of your show and what people how many people actually do what you are actually talking about so there is a, there that's there's a great deal of magnetism potential in, in the program that you're doing. Oh, I didn't know all that.
1: Hey, listen, Dave, will you hang on for a second? Got to take uh, one of those breaks. You know about those, right? It's what pays for the show. Sure. Okay, so we're going to take a sure. quick break. My guest is Dave Van Dyke. He is the founder and president of Bridge Ratings, but has a long and colorful history in the radio business. Uh, he was even the uh, head of affiliate relations worldwide for ABC Radio. Can you imagine that? I want to tell the story of bringing my demo tape to Dallas and how I went home and had to get plastered on the plane because I felt so bad about how terrible my work was and uh, we'll do that in just a second on Grape Encounters 500th anniversary special
0: Our 500th episode of Grape Encounters continues right after these messages coming up next thank goodness for second chances be sure to visit us at grapeencounters.com lots to see, lots to do all for you.
1: Ten years ago, I created Grape Encounters Radio while living in breathtaking Lake Arrowhead, perched about an hour above the Southern California metropolis in the majestic San Bernardino National Forest. Lake Arrowhead is a place where wine lifestyle flourishes, imaginations run wild. And people come from around the world to discover a more peaceful and re-energizing way of life. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Lynn B. Wilson, a bona fide leader in resort real estate sales. From charming alpine cottages to stunning estates on the shores of Shimmering Lake Arrowhead, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates have been changing lives for decades. If you truly want to live on top of the world, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates can show you how. They'll even host you in luxury accommodations while you explore the limitless possibilities. Log on to lynnbwilson.com. That's lynnbwilson.com. Live the life you imagine. It seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife Jill. John was always the smartest kid in school. And I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets. And they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the internet. Go to peakranch.com. It seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife, Jill. John was always the smartest kid in school and I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets, and they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E, ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the Internet. Go to peakranch.com.
0: Back with the 500th anniversary special of Grape Encounters Radio. The best way to sum things up probably goes like this. When at first you don't succeed, change your name... And move to a city where no one knows you.
1: Back with Grape Encounters Radio. And you know what? Dave Van Dyke is on the line with us. And Dave is an institution, really, in the radio business. He is the founder of Bridge Ratings, which provides some amazing data to the TV and radio and podcast industries. And do you miss being
3: on the air? I don't miss being on the air. I get to do I get to be with the best part of radio are the people and of course, you know, the entertainment of it all. And I'm still involved with radio stations and people who are podcasters and you know, who have their roots in our, our business and so I still get to enjoy that part of it. I'm in radio stations still I'm walking in and and visiting and I still enjoy that. But no, I don't miss the on air Slog, as they call it, you know, it's enjoyable at the beginning, but uh, if you have other things that you'd like to accomplish, you can get in the way.
1: You used to be a character called Dr. Music, and that was just the funniest stuff. It was just the best radio I'd ever heard. And for those who are not familiar with Dr. Music, Dr. Music was uh, a character that Dave played, and he would find himself in these fictitious situations with everybody from Rod Stewart to Mick Jagger, uh, Elvis Presley, you name it. And the stories were so convincing that you didn't doubt Dr. Music, although it was all BS. (laughs) It was
3: just it was yeah, just, it was funny.
1: The person that I was uh, involved with at the uh, at the time that we had that get together in Lake Arrowhead it was sitting there, and you were talking, and all of a sudden she she looks at you and she goes, "Oh my gosh, you know who you sound like? You sound just like that guy on the radio, Doctor Music." <laughs> she didn't know. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. It was hysterical. All right, so a couple of years pass, and I'm still pondering this whole food and wine thing and you and i have a conversation and by this time you're in dallas you've relocated from southern california to dallas you're working for abc you got a big time job and you talk to me you asked me whatever happened with that you know remember that show concept that you had you know why don't you do something with that and i guess you challenged me to put together a demo and all i can say it took me like eight months to get it done
3: (laughs) Well, I was, um, as you've mentioned a couple of times, I was overseeing the distribution of audio programming to radio stations all over the world. So. It was natural for me knowing how good of an idea this was for me to say to you, you know, okay, it's been a couple of years, what have you done? Give me a demo tape so I can actually consider, you know, possibly showing this to other people. And you said
1: I said okay.
3: <laughs> you said that you you didn't have a demo tape, did you? No,
1: no, I didn't have a demo tape. No.
3: Okay. So you made the demo tape and you came to visit us.
1: Yeah. It was and I brought it. It was on, you know, just to to tell you how things have changed. I brought it. It was on cassette. I flew all the way out there, and I, I, I mean, I tell you, I, I would sit down in my studio because I had studios because we produced a lot of radio and TV content, and I would sit in my studio, and I'd just be paralyzed, and and I was like way over scripted and way overwrote everything. It showed a lot of effort, but it didn't show a lot of promise. <laughs> and, I, and I played it for you and your wife, Denise, and you guys are just like staring at me. And I just you, I know you didn't want to hurt my feelings, but, you know, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible.
3: Well, you know, we we all have to start somewhere. And, you know, if you heard my first tape I ever did uh, for a radio job, you, you know, it would be just as hilarious and entertaining. So you were a piece of clay waiting to be molded into what you are today, <laughs> but you have to start somewhere, and you really didn't have any anybody to help you. You know, so yeah. you were you weren't really sure how to put it together, or you know how to you don't know now then what you know now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know about constructing a good program.
1: My piece of clay looked like uh, something you might find in a dog park. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, I know. I ad- I admit it was terrible, and I I wish I could find a copy of it, because I think I'd put it on the radio, at least little snippets of it, just to show just how incredibly bad it was. But I will say this, though, and, you know, we had on earlier Keith Sarlos, and it was interesting because he was such a a young and enthusiastic would-be winemaker that just had a vision. And, you know, when you sit down and you actually are in the room with people who are just so incredibly interesting, it brings out the best in you. And I've, I'm have i so proud to have had the biggest names in the wine industry on this show. People like Mike Gergich, you know, who won the judgment of Paris. People like M- Michael Mandavi who founded the Mandavi Empire with uh, his father. You know, people like Jean-Charles Boisset, who is probably the most colorful person, you know, in the wine world and winemakers from the biggest brands. And, you know, when you're with successful people, you interview successful people, it brings out the best in you.
3: I think that's exactly the right way to look at it, because radio is an entertainment medium. People have short attention spans or shorter attention spans than they used to have. And so you've got to keep them interested. And so being humorous, and at the same time offering uh, interesting information. That's a great combination.
1: It's like the field has been left wide open for me because the the wine people, you know, they get asked the same questions every day. Things like, you know, about terroir and, you know, soil and and, you know, which direction the grapes are planted and that's not really what people want to hear. They want to hear how these folks grew up as, you know, five-year-olds you know, running through the vineyards in their bare feet and you know, the human side of it because you know, wine is just such an important part of humanity. So it's ten years later, David. I can't thank you enough for encouraging me. You were uh, and always have been a mentor of mine, and you know, here we are, <laughs> ten years older, but we both look great.
3: <laughs> no, congratulations! It's a great milestone. And then, I mean, it's, it's any, in any situation, it's a major milestone. But think back to those days and the road ahead of you.
1: We're just getting started. This is the golden age of wine for sure. But you and I have to do a show together. It's got to be the Dave and Dave show.
3: Oh, boy. All right. Well, (laughs) uh, all right. We'll talk about that at another time. But thanks for having me on. Uh, Oh, thanks. You know, you just,
1: I appreciate you so much. It's uh, Dave Van Dyke. He is the president of Bridge Ratings, founder of that. Thanks,
3: Dave. I appreciate the comments. Have a great weekend.
1: All right. That is going to do it for the 500th anniversary edition of Grape Encounters Radio. If you want more episodes of Grape Encounters that you might not have heard before, you just go to GrapeEncounters.com. You'll find them all right there. You all take care of yourselves, and uh, we're going to have lots of special stuff over the next couple of weeks. We will see you then.
0: Well, episode 500 of Grape Encounters is in the bag. It's hard to imagine you haven't missed some episodes, so you can find them at grapeencounters.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast sites. Grape Encounters studios are located in beautiful Atascadero, California. That's Central Coast wine country, baby. Come visit us, but be warned, you won't want to leave...